Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. Well, hello there. Welcome to Monday. It's August 24th, 129 days left in 2020. It's also International Strange Music Day and National Waffle Day in the U.S. So if you're in the U.S., I got you for dinner. You're having waffles and listening to, I don't know, Weird Al? What do you think, guys? That's the only thing I can think of as far as weird music goes. Uh, I know I know it's bad really songs, weird. but as far as weird things go, he, he has to top the list. And if he doesn't, then I feel like he's not doing his job correctly. Or maybe like some of the just electronic noise. Not like EDM, like no beat, just weird synthesized noise and that yeah, I mean that counts as music, right? Surely so, there's like, some strange song from the '80s that that we don't know about that would potentially top that list. If it's from the '80s, though, that means it's awesome. It's not, it does mean it's weird. awesome. It's not weird strange. can weird can still be awesome. That's true. Okay, let's get into it. Lots to talk about here. Uh, let's hit on a couple things uh, right out of the gate. Coming from Elon Musk, and uh, there was I don't know if y'all know three six eight. It is a uh, it's a, a gaming and like creator studio in New York City that uh, Casey Neistat made, and I think I don't know if he's still a part of it at all when he moved to California. But anyway, they were they tweeted out this video. Uh, there's a guy sitting in his Tesla uh, and he's playing Mario Kart right on the screen. And all that's awesome. Of, yeah, it's pretty sweet. And I'm trying not to like be a dud here, but all I can think of is as he's turning the wheel back and forth that it's grinding the tires into the ground. So I'm wondering if anybody knows, <laughs> does the car know that it's in game mode and then it somehow disconnects the the you know uh, the steering from the steering wheel? I don't know. I don't know if that's possible. Uh, that I, I I don't know, but I it seems unlikely. Yeah, yeah I, I would think that that's not possible because it introduces a weird failure mode. Uh, that's you know, right. Power that's steering, you can cut that off, uh, and that would probably minimize damage to the tires. But if you actually disconnected mode. this, if you actually disconnected the steering column, uh, I don't, I don't think that would result very well. I, I love, yeah. I, I love the description. It's just <laughs> you're driving down the road. <laughs> you can't steer anymore. <laughs> it is described <laughs> in the report. Oh, there was dear. a weird failure mode that took place. That's <laughs> the launch of Mario Kart and totally disconnected you from the road. Yeah. Oh, that'd be even better. Just a bug fires the game up while you're pulling around a you know near 90 degree turn at 80 miles per hour. Yeah, Good sure luck. So I bring all that up because uh, Elon then uh, retweeted it and commented, more fun games coming to your Tesla. So uh, if you have a Tesla out there, you're going to get some more fun games coming. That's awesome. And uh, I don't know. Yeah. If y'all have sat in the front seat of a Tesla and messed around with some of the things that they have, it's actually pretty fun. Even just change it. Messing with the AC unit is fun. Right. Right. It's that whole interface is just crazy. More better. Yeah. (laughs) It's crazy. Like there's this visualization of how the air flows into the car and you can, <laughs> I, I imagine myself like a conductor in front of an orchestra, you know, changing how the air flow is coming into the car. That's, that's very strange. Yeah. I, yeah. I've never had I will that say one thing, experience. I like seeing that other car manufacturers are starting to adopt the very large sort of media yeah. screen or whatever you want to call it, control screen where everything kind of goes through there. None of them are nearly to the level of the Tesla no. at this point, but yeah. it's still good to see the, those things going in that direction. Yep. I welcome that too. I think, I think all that real estate for all sorts of um, 
information and and just honestly being able to rapidly change the information too that's what's so cool about it as opposed to having an array of dials that are all specialized and you know sort of forever providing a certain amount of information when you have all that screen real estate you can modify what code is feeding what widget and that's look at this awesome Look at the space shuttles in the in the past. Oh gosh, yeah. All the buttons and switches and levers, right? And then right. look what they did with the the Crew Dragon launch. It was just screens, right? Yeah, which is really cool. Right. And it also it screams that touchscreen technology has become so reliable that we don't need to worry about. Because that was always one of the problems: is that the software side of that was far more likely yeah. to be buggy we and just therefore end catastrophically, as opposed to having a physical button that actually changed the path of electron. Yeah, right. Absolutely. All right. So uh, the reason I bring all that up is because there was an article this morning, uh, Elon Musk to unveil Neuralink progress with real-time neuron yes. demonstration this week. So that's on the I'm 28th. I'm so excited about this. What day is that? What day is the 28th? It is Friday. So Friday, mark your calendar, Something keep your eye out. forward to. Yeah. Oh that's going to be so show. cool. So he tweeted out, he said, uh, quote, will show neurons firing in real time on August 28th. The matrix wow. in the matrix is what he said. And so there's all kinds of ways. Let me just make a few comments uh, reading from the article here. Um, This is from teslarati.com if you want to go and and read a little bit more about this, but I'll just pull a little bit out of it. Uh, If you haven't heard Elon talk about it at all, uh, there's a lot of, I mean, pretty much endless things that you can get get to with this. Uh, But some of the things he calls out is restoring limb function, improving human movement, resolving issues with eyesight and hearing, uh, which is wild help with diseases like Parkinson's. Right. That's awesome. And then, you know, it can also pave the way uh, for things like um, helping with things like epilepsy, Alzheimer's disease, strokes. I was going to say, I wonder if uh, memory is going to be a big target. I mean, obviously, it would be a good target, but I wonder if if they believe it's feasible. Right. So memory augmentation for dealing with dementia of all kinds. So, and then it says, uh, it gets into some of the details of how it's connected, which is what I've been waiting for here. And I'm hoping to see more of that on Friday. But it said, uh, one of Neuralink's inventions already revealed is a surgical robot. And that's for inserting the electrodes into the brain. And so the devices are connected by flexible, quote, threads that are measuring between four and six micrometers. Wow. Or it's about a third the diameter of a human hair. It says it's capable of transferring high volumes of data from the brain. I don't know what, it doesn't define what high volume is. Sure. So, uh, but the design has been tested on at least 19 different animals with uh, the robots uh, and success rate around 87%. (laughs) That's one of those where like, what does a failure look like? And it's probably not no connection to host. It's probably host dead. Honestly, I would even be interested to know what 87% success rate looks like. Like what is the what is the success here? Like does yeah. this mean that you successfully connected and, it didn't die. Connected and you that, didn't yeah, die? Yeah, exactly. That's why that's why I'm laughing about it. It's like what what does this mean is like okay, you did the surgery and we're not getting data. Okay, that's definitely a failure, but my guess is that more often than not it's uh oh, the, the the bunny is no longer breathing. Yeah. So, I mean, I have to imagine success is, yeah, you get some sort of transfer, uh, you mm-hmm. collect some sort of data, right? Uh, and so, it, it continues to talk uh, talk on about the, um, the possibilities. Um, it says, Musk's involvement was initiated by, by a desire to help humans keep up with AI, which is an interesting concept to think that about, right? As we develop AI, he wants to leverage this to help us keep up with AI. Sure. And then he's quoted as saying, I don't love the idea of being a computer's house cat. 
but what's the solution? I think one of the solutions that seems maybe the best is to add an AI la- layer, right? Speaking mm. to yourself, you know, if you can't beat them, join them. Yeah. I, I love the idea of this technology and, and obviously just futurology in general, looking at what computer brain interfaces could potentially bring. I mean, we just talked about a lot of the the health and mobility and stuff like that. That there the doors that could be opened by stuff like this goes way beyond just fun technology, augmented sort of reality sort of stuff, right? But it's also one of those things, in my opinion, and maybe this is just me being a little more conservative. I'm probably not going to sign up to be one of the first people to do something. <laughs> like probably. there's a yeah. lot. I, of I stuff like, I like that, that you're not getting. certain about that. <laughs> I can't yeah. totally it certain the powers it gives you. Yeah, exactly. I, 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 what I find interesting here is, is the quote itself. So Elon Musk, I don't know. I don't know who the smartest person on the planet is, but maybe he's in the running. And he says, I don't love the idea of being a computer's house cat, meaning that he is genuinely afraid of what AI is possible of and and may do, which I know that there's, there's a whole lot of people, especially, you know, because a lot of people fear what AI could turn into. And it's a lot of that's probably Terminator's fault. But Mm -hmm. I think that when I've spoken with several people who are AI experts and I would say half their job is them speaking to people and telling them not to be afraid of AI. And so I feel like it's very, very interesting to see that someone who, you know, certainly works with AI, some people probably think is an AI, would make some form of, of comment like that. So I, I think that's an actually pretty telling statement right there. Well, I, he's actually been pretty you, outspoken about that. Um, I, I don't think it's not subtle. When they warned you, did they say, don't be afraid of us? I mean, AI? Us. <laughs> I am totally human. <laughs> no, but I, I, if I'm not mistaken, um, Elon is quoted as being very directly against what AI brings to the table dangerous-wise. Like he's, He has not been shy about being outspoken against it and saying, we need to be careful about what people are doing here. I have no faith that... Even every attempt made to make AI safe or uh, you know morally pointed in the right direction is going to be successful. Like I only see mostly bad out of this. So um, it, it is curious that he's sort of leaning into it this way, but he's he's very concerned about it. I think you're on point there. All right. Yeah, I, I didn't know got? that. Let's, let's, uh, let's cover that WordPress update that you saw there. Oh, oh yeah. 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 I saw, <clears> so I saw so last week, yeah, last week we talked about how WordPress, <clears throat> which is at least in some versions free, right? And, uh, and Apple was asking for 30% of their free cut from WordPress, which was probably asking, a fairly bad look. Asking or <laughs> like holding a baseball bat and demanding. Yeah. Well, it, so, didn't, it didn't sound like it was gentle. <laughs> so... They wouldn't allow WordPress to update their application anymore until they got their 30% cut of yeah, free. Yeah, that a request? That <laughs> so, I, I mean, it's not like you movies? have to pay developers, right? <laughs> no, <laughs> developers work for free. We all know this. And <laughs> and so it's interesting because, one, it's obviously a very bad look. Uh, but I think when I read the article, I was unsure because it just seemed so illogical. I thought to myself, surely Apple didn't actually do that. Well, they did. Uh, in fact, they came out and apologized for doing it. So it's very clear that 
whatever systems they have in place to police this whole thing are very, very slanted towards a no-holds-bar no approach to we want our 30% no matter what. Yeah, even if you're not charging anything. Yeah, just absolutely insane to me. And I don't know how much this helps Epic Games' case overall, but I will say that it definitely sheds a light. And Tyler, I think you made a point earlier about just, you know, the misuse of the amount of power they have and maybe yeah. that's what is being pointed out here well and I, I think unfortunately the reality is that it's inevitable they are so powerful in this case that even things like this this is, might be a good example this this may not have been someone doing something you know with nefarious intent but because of the position apple is in in this case they took a huge popular platform and accidentally basically shut it down for money reasons. And, and just the fact that the decision tree can accidentally result in something that catastrophic is, is a bad look. Oh, yeah. It's, it's awful. Especially, as you mentioned, something as, as popular as WordPress. It's not like this was some unknown application that they were unaware of what goes on with it. I mean, this, this thing is hugely popular. I mean, well, I, I don't know with certainty, but I think it's probably the most popular kind of blogging or yeah, you know, web probably. page for blogging press in the world so i don't know yep. i just think it's interesting but, and and i think i think that's the thing is that if you if you peel the layers back a little bit here you probably find out this has happened a lot it's just you didn't hear right. about it because you wasn't didn't hear about it. it yep that's that's a really good and, point and actually. that's that's what this is all about to me it's the what what are what's happening on the platform to the people that have absolutely no say in in fixing it like at all, if if you weren't WordPress and this happened to you, you don't show up in the news. You just go away, dead probably. Yeah, and unless you, I guess, organize some group of like a thousand developers and then went to, Which, you know, The Verge or you know, good luck. So you're you're creating a platform that's to designed to compete with WordPress, and Apple does the same thing to you by accident or on purpose, whatever the cause is. Right? Do you have even remotely enough clout to push back against Apple? No, you just don't. You, you're well, dead. And, you're gone. And, you and I don't think they. I don't think they even they push. I don't think they even push back here. I think they just went to the media, and the media sure. is the one who caused. I, I don't think Apple apologizes for this unless it's <laughs> no. on. Personally, <laughs> I don't think WordPress Absolutely. did have the, the clout to make a move. You know, but but and, if and, you're and like a two developer. Uh, Two, or sorry, yeah, two dev app developer, right, using the Apple Store, and something like this happens to you, and you go to the register and say, "Look what Apple did to me." They wouldn't even listen to you until maybe now. Now it's like, "Oh, look at the sure. little guy who died because of this," right? Like now it's a story. Six yeah. months ago, it was like, "Dude, I don't care. Who are you?" Yeah, and we're seeing more of the bigger people get somewhat involved here because we're seeing that Microsoft is throwing some support behind Epic yeah. Games. Uh, it's interesting because the what article that, that I, what, well, like, what, it's, yeah. yeah, no, I, I can, I can explain that. So there's on, uh, patents.com. Uh, they kind of, this is where this came from. They actually go through the patent and it looks as though the, uh, Microsoft actually has, I guess in one of the, the filings from Epic, Microsoft has thrown out support inside of that, uh, as well as kind of throwing some public support. Uh, in like from the form of like tweets and stuff. So Microsoft is basically backing this here. And I think I actually had a quote from them. Uh, let's see. Well, maybe I can't find it. 
but Microsoft basically came in and said that they they support uh, Epic's. It, basically, they they have a bunch of things they're using from Epic's ecosystem as well. So this spoils down to the Unreal Engine again, right? So this is the issue oh, I where think I found maybe you maybe you're talking about this. So in the old computing world, quote unquote. Microsoft could simply have told Apple and Google that it just wouldn't make Office available on their platforms if it didn't get a better deal, right? I think, so I think that they're that's, arguing about that's how part of it. the tide has shifted. Uh, they are talking about how the tide has shifted, but that so the person Microsoft, who wrote this yeah. is making a point there. I think mm-hmm. that basically is stating they're they're siding with Apple. Like that point is being made uh, in the from the standpoint of like. One, you Wait, charge a thirty. I thought Microsoft is siding with Epic no. Games. No, <clears throat> so it, Microsoft is the writer of this article. Oh, I the you. part that you read is making a point uh, to state that Microsoft has lost control of this market because of what Apple and, and Google were able to do in the mobile oh, area, and and is now kind of crying about it. Is basically the point that that they are trying to make. But the, so the very first the very first document Epic's lawyers filed in this context is a declaration by Kevin Gamil, general manager of Microsoft Gaming Developer Experience Division. Wow, that is a mouthful. Supporting Epic against Apple by stressing the relevance of the Unreal Engine to Microsoft, mm. uh, and then that continues to go into the document. So it is it is about the Unreal Engine. Uh, <clears throat> specifically okay. that they're going into. And so I do think it's interesting. I, I don't think that they're necessarily providing, you know, financial support, but I do. What I was thinking about this was, is this, if this really gets heated and it starts affecting other people, including someone like Microsoft, man, all of a sudden there's, <clears throat> there's a much bigger fish in the fight against Apple than, yeah. than Epic because Microsoft trounces Epic in this regard. Yeah. Oh yeah. Sure. So, so that will be very interesting to see how involved they get. But I do think that the, I think we're starting to see more and more people come out and show this this mm-hmm. support for Epic, even if they are a bit, I don't know, contradictory. And I mean that in the, the Microsoft Store also charges thirty, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, and those those are the things that will be How interesting curious. to look out for. It, once again, thirty percent is this standard, you know, across the board that that people use, unless you're Epic, which I think charges charges twelve. This is- must be because of how amazing Microsoft's application development tools are. And they cost the same as Apple's to provide. Mm-hmm. No, it's the standard oh. mob rate. Oh, <laughs> oh. Yeah, standard That's mob the quiet rate. part. You're not supposed to say That's that out loud. Yeah, it's, it's funny because Microsoft ring, also right? has, has openly <laughs> been upset about giving 30% of its office revenues on mobile platforms to Apple and Google. So... It's just an interesting thing. It's like we'll charge thirty percent, but we really don't want to give thirty percent. You're right. Yeah. Uh, well, this will this ought to shake things up a little bit. Uh, it's, you know, it just at least some man. clarity comes out of all of this. This is actually a really interesting article too, because it, it's basically centered on um, whether or not Epic's Epic's Apple developer agreement you did it again. is going to be terminated. I, I think I did it last time. <laughs> Oh, was Ab- that, that, was that, was, that was me. That's <laughs> okay. awesome. Um, it, it, whether or not their developer agreement is going to be terminated during litigation. So they're looking for a restraining order against Apple basically retaliating, stripping yep. them of their developer agreement in the in the course. So um, that's kind of where Microsoft's leaning into this. 
But uh, the, one of the last little bits here from this FOSS patent site is just saying that the key issue still here is that this is a self-inflicted wound from Epic's perspective, right? That yep. you, you did this. You were working happily and in, in getting your stuff done, and then you started this this fight. So it may not may not work out in their favor. But this is Microsoft sort of saying, well, we think that the the restraining or the TRO should happen and that they should still be able to maintain their app development rights. And I think, I, I imagine, because it relates back to the Unreal Engine and what uh, Microsoft would have in Epic losing that battle to have development rights still while this is ongoing, it basically it hurts their bottom line too. Yeah, and I think if they're not granted this um, restraining order, it it makes a... It hurts their fight because I don't know that they're going to be willing to forego <laughs> bleed money. Uh, I mean, because so so many people are going to be affected by this. I mean, yeah. thousands of developers, not just Epic, and and that in hundreds of thousands of gamers. I mean, customers are going to be affected by this. So, yep. I I think that that is going to be uh, that's gonna be a pretty big key to watch is whether or not this restraining order gets granted or not. Because if it doesn't, I think that this could be a short order kind of fight okay yeah well, well we got you no covered doubt. on that let's no uh doubt. apple's trying to win that right because they they probably see it that way so if they oh, can absolutely. keep this in place and if they For can sure. terminate the uh the developer agreement then this might dry up really fast absolutely Sorry, Tyler. didn't know you had another amazing comment to make there <laughs> amazing <laughs> mic dropped <laughs> um yeah i'm just trying to think for our listeners you know maybe let's keep it moving well you've kind of beat yeah us yeah yeah death, no but. let's do it Let's well, uh, let's keep we're our eyes out next time too. I'm sure for big things. Yeah, sure. I'm sure we will. There's there's little developments every single time. So, sure. uh, but we'll keep keep our eyes out on the big stuff, and we'll keep y'all posted. Uh, let's move on here. What is so? There's some words in this one that I don't understand. Spotify is launching an exclusive <laughs> League of Legends, which I don't know what that is. Esports podcast. <laughs> and Russ, maybe you give us like a 10 second. What is it? Because I think the person yeah. that's coming on Wednesday. I think you're going to need it all about League of Legends. That's well, great. then Wednesday is going to be a great show. Maybe the two of you should just sit it out. Um, <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> so, wait, wait, Russ, is this your podcast? Yes, it is. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, not this one. I was talking about Spotify is launching an exclusive League of Legends yes. oh. podcast. Yeah, yes, this one this is, is all about Russ. <laughs> so let's let's talk about my new podcast that I'm sponsoring in partnership with Spotify. After I sat there and talked about how I don't like exclusive podcasts, <laughs> so I'm, I'm the hypocrite now. Um, so. It's, it's here's the interesting thing. So it's a partnership with Riot Games. So let's talk about League of Legends for just one minute. Do you guys what remember the game that we used to play on our, our tablets? Like the three of us would be in a 3v3 game. It was a top-down look. We had a character and there yeah, were multiple Dota, was Oh, yeah. Cool we, it was, yeah. We, that was like a it, week that we played it. But yeah. It yeah. It, it, it wasn't Dota, Dota, but it was, it was very similar was to a game okay. like Dota. So League of Legends is a game like Dota, a top-down 5v5 hero-based MOBA multiplayer online battle arena. It actually is a spin-off like the some of the guys who helped create the original Dota in as a Warcraft 3 mod spun off and made their own game with their own engine called League of Legends and cool. now it is the largest esport in the world more than 10 years later. <laughs> so, I was going to say it's been around like for a long time. I have a cousin that's been playing that for a very long time if I'm not. Oh saying. yeah, it's huge. What did you say, Buley? Sorry. Uh how how like give me give me an idea of scale. So if like League of Legends is the NFL or 
Like, sure. And then the next game down is like college football. I don't know. Maybe so, really yeah. So the top, the top esports in the world, League of Legends is, is the biggest by far. And to give you an idea of what that means, uh, the <clears throat> grand finals, so the League of Legends championship series, uh, they, they have this big grand finals every year, just like every other competitive sport does. They had more viewers of the finals than the NBA finals did. To give you oh an my goodness, yeah, they had like 30, 37 million concurrent viewers, uh, and they they filled a, a stadium with forty thousand people or something like that. I mean, it's it's, all it's wow. big, yeah. So it's it's very very big as far and it has a very very wide reach. Uh, once again, esports sort of have an unfair advantage at times because it's extremely global. Well, it's so accessible to everyone too. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. you do have a very wide range of people who are going to watch it, but it's it's massive in that regard. So the top ones are going to be. Uh, league, then you, you, you got Dota, you got Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike's actually the second biggest esport in the world as far as like viewership numbers, players, etc. go. Dota's in there. Uh, trying to think of who else would kind of play in this space. You've got some that kind of come up and come down. Those are really the top three uh, big okay. heavy hitters. Uh, you have other ones that have big headlines because people put a lot of money into them, like Overwatch, Call of Duty. But as far as like the actual audience... Those three by far are the biggest, uh, 100%. And so this is pretty big because, you know, Riot actually runs an extremely structured league. And what I mean by that is, is not all esports are that way. Counter-Strike is definitely not that way. And they were kind of one of the first people to do this, to bring a regular season type of format with sort of some events in the middle and and then a grand championship at the end. And so they create a lot of content. I mean, a significant amount of content. They have very ESPN-like broadcasts that go over. They have various, you know, almost like sports center type of shows that kind of go over Riot and or League of Legends and, and different things like that. So having a exclusive... Uh, a podcast with Spotify is actually probably pretty big because as esports podcasts go, I'd be willing to bet that League of Legends has probably the largest following. Mm. And so that could that could be a pretty big, you know, demographic that they're going after, especially as they almost certainly will make another one towards their new game Valorant, which is a Counter-Strike competitor, uh, which we really have never had one before, not not a true competitor to Counter-Strike. And it'll probably take a while, but within the next decade, I expect that, that game will be as big or bigger than Counter Strike. So That's this could be pretty big in the uh, land of esports podcasts, uh, with Riot kind of pressing forward uh, with with what they're doing so, here. Can you help me with something else, real quick? Um, fairly unrelated, but my family was watching the Titan Games, and one of the hosts is Alex Golden Boy Mendez. <laughs> didn't know who he was. Looked yeah. him up. He, I guess, has won awards for being the best esports host a couple times, something like that, or no, some nominations, commentator? Some nominations. It looks like, host. yeah. Well, it says host, commentator. Yeah, he's okay. a commentator. What? What is he? Do you know him? What is he? I do. Is he, yeah, like, yeah I know Golden Boy. Or? So what? he's he's done a lot of different games. Uh, League of Legends is not one that I know him to do. It's not to okay. say that he couldn't do it, but he, thing is, he does a bunch of different games. And when you work a League of Legends event, you basically work for Riot. Which oh, is sort of a point of contention uh, with with the uh, just a lot of people don't like that, and, okay. and so well, but he does. he's done he's done a bunch. Call of he's Duty, done Call of Duty, Gears of War, Halo, all, a bunch of like big in the console scene. But he's also done Fortnite uh, during its big championship series, even though it's not a very good competitive game and a terrible esport. <laughs> and so it, he's but he's done a whole bunch of them. So he's definitely one of the more sought after hosts. And when we think of hosts, he he's kind of like the guy who's the host on an analyst desk, or he's the guy who's going to be in an arena, kind of like the 
not the overlay announcer for a match necessarily. He does like do some running casting, but he's running. Yeah, he's the guy who like comes out on the stage MC. in between yeah. matches, and he's the MC exactly. Cool, that's awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's good. He's good. He he did really well on uh, on Titan Games. Yeah, what, he's uh, he's great man for sure. And what did you say you were watching with your family that that this came up with the Titan, Titan Games? Or something? What is the that? Rock. Titan Games. Yeah, I uh, yeah. I like The Rock. I'm a fan. What? I don't know what it is. So I, I got oh, There's at oh. least a, a listener or two that don't know what that is, too. I have no idea yeah. what you're talking about. Okay, cool, cool. Uh, so, oh, man. Um, I'll try to keep it real short so we can jump to some of these other things. Uh, but basically, you have these uh, like everyday uh, competitors that come in and you know they're a, a nurse or like they're in the Navy or a firefighter or teacher, whatever, right? There's a whole bunch of different things. And they come in and they compete against, it's kind of like the gladiators of, of old, right? Oh, yeah. Um, like the, you're talking about the, the TV show? Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, yeah. what do you call that? they pick... The, anyways, okay. Yeah, not, not the original gladiators, but uh, the gladiator TV show that had like Turbo and Nitro. Yes, and yes. Okay, that's what I was, I was trying to think. It's a game yeah. show. So The Rock basically you know, taps these people on the shoulder that are in the, in the sports world, um, that are just amazing, you know, top MMA fighters, um, you know, Olympic gold medalists, uh, snowboarders, uh, boxers, uh, NFL, you know, pro bowlers, stuff like that. Yeah. They call them in and they are the Titans. They start out as the Titans. And then these everyday people compete against each other to get to go up one-on-one against the Titan. Yeah, and they cool. compete on this thing uh, called Mount Olympus, which is basically, it's an obstacle course where you're lifting and pushing and, and you know, uh, all this kind of stuff, right? And cool. uh, to see who becomes the true Titan at the end. And so they had a, a, a West, a Central, and an East. And none of the professional athletes made it to the end. Really? All of the people that made it to the end were just your everyday. Well, I say "quote unquote" everyday. There's <laughs> nothing really everyday about constantly. Yeah, it doesn't sound like it. These things. I'm yeah, sure that's not at all by design either. That would that would be boring. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, you didn't know, dude. Like, <laughs> I'm I mean, just playing. I haven't yeah. seen it. I'm always skeptical of any sort of uh, what do you call those? The what? It, I just the word just slipped my head, but it's the like live action TV where it's reality. None of this reality is scripted. TV. Yeah, reality. Yeah. There you go. No, nah, there's no <laughs> way. There's no way that stuff is scripted, man. I mean, I guess they could have said, "Hey, you know, you're gonna not try as hard," but there's there's no way that you get somebody that's a, a ten time Pro Bowler to come in that lives their life on competition. Right. You know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Number one MMA fighter in the world, right? And you tell them to hold back. It doesn't. Happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah it doesn't definitely happen. not with money. No it scenario no for money. Yeah. Right. So anyway, that's what it is. But uh, the, it just completed its second season. They were going to launch cool. it Sounds in cool. January, um, but because there were no sports this summer, uh, the Rock said, "Hey, let's move it up. Let's let's do it in the summertime," which was actually great because it was the only thing that was relatively um, athletics focused on TV. So that and like F one or something. So anyway, that's a quick commercial on that. Not sponsored, but yeah. it's cool. No, no, no. That sounds really interesting. <laughs> and uh, yeah, I didn't know anything about it. So cool. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, but yeah, pretty cool moments on there. If you, if you're into that sort of thing. Okay. Uh, let's move on here. Uh, Google's Android TV dongle could be coming soon. What is talking yeah, about that? Yeah. Your phone just doesn't automatically work with the TV like my Apple does or what? 
What? No, no, no. Apple, 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 Apple will never up. do this because they hate you. So, so this is this is Google turning a dongle to make an Android TV out of any TV. Apple will only make Apple TVs or continue to make their Apple box because they hate you. So it's like a Chromecast, but just for Android. <laughs> it, is, it is like a Chromecast. It is like a Chromecast. So Android TV is is basically like what you would see them make. People will make dongles for like, you know, to make your TV into a smart TV if it's not mm-hmm. one, right? So think yeah, like right. Fire TV or Roku, whatever yeah. else. The difference is, is with, with those things, you can actually use, you know, a remote to control it. It's not just something that you cast a specific app from your phone. So it's a little different approach than Chromecast. The thing that I found interesting about this is, is I'm actually very much so a believer in using one of these types of devices, but I see yeah. a lot of people who just are like, well, I just, I have a smart TV, so I'm going to use that. Yeah. I was curious about y'all's thoughts on smart TV versus using a device of some kind. Uh, I like the device. I like the portability of the device. I like the fact that uh, you can upgrade the device without upgrading your TV, which yep. which I think is actually probably the biggest single thing. The other one is, agree. man, I don't care about smart TV features because a year from now, and this is this is the problem, this is the crux of it for me, a year from now, they aren't going to be as capable and they're not going to have the features that come out, whether it's audio features or video features or automation features. And going and replacing your TV is absurd compared to you know, a $150 device, whether that's an Apple TV, a Fire TV, or one of these Google Android TV devices, right? And uh, smart TVs, like the TV industry in general, is it's kind of absurd, right? Because at this point, good luck finding a premium so really nice looking large form factor light tv that isn't also bloated with all this software that totally sucks <laughs> compared to these third party devices and so you're going to pay yeah. a premium for garbage and that's good for the tv industry i can't knock them too bad for it but it's irrelevant on day 1 it's even worse a year from now and the only way to get upgrades in the local system is just go and buy one of these third party devices anyways give me a dumb tv with a gorgeous screen and I am a happier consumer. <laughs> yeah. I, I, so I think Tyler kind of touched on most of the main things that I think about it. Uh, the, the biggest comment I'll make is I've appreciated both being available, right? But I'm constantly underwhelmed by the capability of smart TVs. Shocker. Right? So, I mean, the, the one I have in my living room, it constantly, like, the cache fills up and then the app doesn't work, right? And I literally have to <laughs> shut the TV off. <laughs> Turn it back on just for the app to work, right? Right. And all we're doing is watching YouTube TV or something, right? The app will just yeah. shut down. It's, it's yeah. stupid. I mean, it, I definitely it just, think it there's an element. Feel. Yeah. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, keep going. I was going to say, I think there's an element of having it as a backup. Um, right. You know, that's, that's how I see it. That's maybe about the best case for it. I, there's one I'm surprised right. that wasn't mentioned because it's been a problem in the past. Uh, security issues. Uh, oh, the gosh, software yeah. on these on these smart TVs is, and that's that's not to say that there's not an attack vector for these dongles as sure. well. But I, you know, it's it is clear that there's been some pretty serious issues around whether or not uh, TV manufacturers can create good software, not just functionally but securely, right? Well, and, and the answer is probably that they can't, and it's not a knock against them. Like that sounds really incendiary, but the reason they can't is because they're not charging you a fee to keep doing this, and they don't have enough of the hardware revenue coming in for every annual update to the little box that does this thing, like 
a Fire TV or, or an Android TV or an Apple TV device does, which means that they quite simply don't have the revenue stream from the, the software development to continue to do good things. Like, yep. you're going to fall behind. They're going to stop updating your TV. Yeah. I can tell you one thing that the the app developers probably love smart TVs. And I say this because, <laughs> and, and I not knowing the business Oh, they probably model, get a cut of it? Well, the, here's the thing. I don't know if you, are you guys familiar with HBO Max and kind of the issues going on between Roku and no. Fire TV? All I know so, is like only a little bit for HBO. Yeah, so they're all <laughs> they're all being no they're all being consolidated into Max long term, um, and the HBO Max um, platform is not available on the two largest yeah. uh, streaming devices in the United States. Roku being number one, Fire TV being number Roku? two. Col- yeah, Roku's collect- number one. Yeah, oh, yeah they, by, they've by been around for a long time, man. Very and I know they've they been have, around for they, a while. But well, the but they had is not great. Well, some of the more modern Roku boxes do say, actually have really solid experiences. They, the, they? the thing strong. is that they actually they had a better interface first, and as a result, and having kept up with some of the features that people expect in those boxes, like they they managed to hold and grow their market. It actually doesn't okay. surprise me too much. Roku's it's good. Yeah, the thing that I yeah, and the thing about them is uh, one reason why I don't use Roku and I use Fire TV is because the voice search is something I use constantly and it's better mm-hmm. on it. But nonetheless, there's a lot of really good features on the Roku. Yeah. But the the thing about this is they hold so much power over distribution that yeah. it's kind of an Apple Epic type of thing where the HBO doesn't want to be a part of what's called their channels program which is where you are basically seen as a channel within the Roku or the Fire TV sort of thing. Uh, you know, platform. And there's a sure. different financial model associated with that. Whereas uh-huh. something like Netflix exists as just like an app that runs on the system. Oh, and so, so that's they're, what they're this, not an app is, is what the, like being called a channel means that you fall I, into this different. You know, thing. and it's, it's interesting because I'll subscribe to HBO, hmm. which is actually already oh. a part of the channels thing, um, which I can just subscribe right on the device, which I think is part of the, the program. Uh, but then I access the app just like normal. So I still behaves like one to me. But the way you subscribe and manage the subscription is through the, the Fire TV platform. It's probably which I will 30%. Tell you. And I, I actually, honestly, I, I think it is. Uh, I, I'm not certain of it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so there's there's a lot of fighting going on over this. On what, and there, it's still not on the platforms. Like you still can't get HBO Max on this. But I noticed on my TV the other day, I have uh, two newer Samsungs, uh, and the HBO Max was just on that TV. So I was like, well, that must be interesting. They must not have nearly as a big of an issue with the business model here, or maybe they don't even charge. I, I well, don't know. But that I'm actually really was different. I'm curious to see. I gotta like, y'all. Does this okay? I just pulled up Anchor.fm slash dashboard. Yeah, fellas, six thousand and one total place. Good. <laughs> that was that maybe was we maybe we can get Woo! our podcast on know. Android TV. No, what I was going to say is I know that a lot of the <laughs> Sorry, smart TVs that are out there, like there's a there's a good amount of the TVs natively, you know, making their own whatever smart ecosystem. Samsung has a, a big one. My experience with it has been garbage, um, but uh, a lot of TV manufacturers integrate Android uh, already. So yep, Android, they integrate Android TV. Are, are probably, and I don't know this off the top of my head, but they are probably, if not the largest, one of the largest smart TV like baselines. But 
just like fire tv is in some yeah that's true yeah because that started and they were a little bit behind the android ecosystem there uh i think for obvious reasons right android as a mobile application development platform has been around a a lot longer but um, I think they, they have some of the same problems that I was talking about earlier. And, and I think the biggest issue they run into is that, uh, Aaron, what you were just talking about where your buffer, you know, fills up and then you have to reset the device. Unfortunately, the TV manufacturers are not going to put premium Android running capabilities into the TV because it eats into the margin of selling those TVs, which is a very competitive market. And again, you're, it's, it's a boat anchor at that point. So you can get the fastest dongle you want to pay for as a third-party device. But they're the not TV, expensive. But it, and they really aren't, right? But, but even the best one might cost $50 more than the cheapest one. You probably get the cheapest hardware ever put into the TV because it's just not a focus. Um, so I don't, it'll be neat to see what happens there, too. And what, I guess what I was getting at there is I wonder if uh, HBO Max, as an example, is going to be uh, available wild, widely on uh, Android TV as a dongle. Um, I think it will. I yeah, actually, it, and that's that's uh, what I think is kind of big here. But I don't know if Android TV will be able to make a strong dent in you know Fire TV. And it all depends on that uh, user experience, okay. man. In okay, my hey. opinion, you throw stuff like YouTube TV into it, and they've obviously got the right stuff built up. It's just a it, Will the user experience, will the ease of adoption make it worth replacing what you've already got? It's time for lightning round. We got two minutes left until we got to drop. Two minutes. We all have calls we got to get to. All right. So lightning round. Give me very fast reactions to this. Uh, TikTok confirms it will sue the Trump administration. Not a shock. Not surprised. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Fighting propaganda. Twitter to label state-affiliated media accounts. Uh, I think this is interesting that it goes beyond just the United States. It is the five permanent members of the UN Security Council, China, France, Russia Federation, the United Kingdom, and the United States. So, And I think it's a good thing. I I do too. It's transparency, man. That's just... Just tell me what you are on the surface. I don't don't think, especially state stuff like that, shouldn't have anonymity. All right. A botnet is covertly targeting millions (laughs) of servers. So a botnet... A botnet is being botnetty. Shocker, it's being right. very, very botnetty. Uh, I guess the key to this thing is that it was being unusually botnetty. Yeah. That's, about, that's about all. It's about right, all we really know. Here's another one. Run out of time. Run out of time. Charter lies to FCC. Says its customers love data caps. This is they so stupid. Burn Charter to the ground. That is such garbage. And anyone what that a ridiculous them thing that, to make. I I hate internet service providers. Yeah, I love what I, they provide, too, but dude. I hate them. Nothing oh has gosh. made me more mad in my life. I, uh, like my ISP. my blood pressure just went up. Like yeah. I don't even have data caps, and okay. I'm mad that we they we exist. Keep going. This one, <laughs> this one was super cool, and I'm glad that y'all dropped this in here as well. Transparent solar panels for Windows yes. hit record eight percent efficiency. Yes. That stuff's so cool, man. I want solar panels everywhere. I yeah. do. I want them as Up well. And I think it's cool that we'll be able to make large skyscraper buildings into yes. basically large power conductors. Yes, and absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's, be that's awesome. the opportunity here. Which but I think the next. Awesome. The next topic is huge, and it was actually a really neat read. I don't know if you guys got to do it, but solar panels are aging, and there's going to be a huge glut of solar panel waste as they age out in a, roughly the 2050 timeline. And as it stands, dealing with that is basically on the consumer side of things, which means we're just going to mm. trash them because that's what we do, just like batteries. Yeah. If, if the manufacturers of these things don't have a plan for buying it back, recycling it, taking care of it, and let's be fair, that only happens if they're forced to do it then we're going to have a problem in a pretty short order. 
All right, shut it down. Uh, there's one more here, but I think we need to touch on it next time. Ooh, Somebody yeah, dropped no. an article in here. I think Russ put in, there's no good reason to trust blockchain technology, which fired. Like that's going to be a Shots fight, fired, right? shots fired. Yeah. yeah. Like, I got and all fights for reading that one. <laughs> no, it, that that will actually be a really fun conversation, I think. Um, but but it was a good article. It's just, man, there are a couple quotes out of there. Just missiles lobbed. <laughs> and on that note, that brings another tech breakfast podcast to a close. Thanks for joining everybody. We had a blast talking about all the news. If we missed something, let us know. If you want to join us on the show, please do. We'd love to have you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing. And we will talk to you Wednesday.